a lot of these formulas, they've been used for thousands of years. So we have that cumulative knowledge, which might not be an actual pharmaceutical study, but is through experience. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Hello, friend. I'm Molly Jacobson, and today on Dog Cancer Answers, we are checking out a popular supplement, curcumin. Curcumin comes from the turmeric plant and has been touted as a miracle cure. To help us separate fact from fiction, we're joined by Dr. Jessica Tardoff. Dr. Tardoff is an integrative veterinarian who uses herbs and supplements every day, along with other therapies such as chiropractic manipulation and acupuncture. Dr. Tardoff, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We're talking about curcumin. Let's talk about what curcumin actually is, because people don't always know what they're naming when they when they look it up online. Yeah. So what is curcumin? Curcumin is a what's called a phytochemical. So it's the active ingredient in the turmeric plant. The turmeric is a curcuma longata or longa. And the curcumin comes from the rhizome, uh, which is also called like the rootstock of it. Now there are, I believe over 300 compounds in turmeric. Which is the plant. Which is the plant. Right. Curcumin is one of those. And there is, you know, a debate of, and we don't have the answers for this as to, well, is that one specific phytochemical, the really important part of turmeric, or as the other properties in turmeric also have a synergistic potential to increase their curcumin absorption? Are there other synergistic properties that benefit taking more so the turmeric versus the curcumin? And we, we don't have those answers. The studies have not been done as far as I know. Okay. All right. What is your favorite fun fact about curcumin? I think the, probably the biggest thing is that there's so much we still have to learn mm. about it. There's so much we don't know. And for being a, a supplement that has been around for the length of time that it has been, we know some, but there's a lot that's a mystery. Well, it's a very old sp- I mean, it's been around for a long time. It's used as food and food coloring and all sorts of practices all over the world. So what do we know about it, given the history and then the science, the literature? The biggest things is it has anti-inflammatory effects, antioxidant effects, can help with arthritis, pain, inflammation. It also has some anti-cancer benefits as well. Okay. Like what are those anti-cancer benefits? So for the anti-cancer benefits, it can promote cell death. It can inhibit cell growth as well as cell divisions. It can reduce what's called angiogenesis, which is formation of new blood vessels. So cancers need lots of blood vessels in order to grow, and that can reduce those to help kind of kill those cancer cells. It has anti-inflammatory effects that can also help with arthritis as well as just inflammation in general. It has antioxidants, which can reduce what we call oxidative stress. And it can also help protect the liver and stimulate the gallbladder. Are there specific cancers you use it for? 
There's several that you can use it for. The large B-cell lymphoma is, you know, one that it's gaining more traction in. There is usually like mast cell, ovarian cancer, bladder cancer, dogs that are going through chemotherapy with doxyrubicin. There's some potential help to help preventing some of the cardiotoxicity in those dogs, but it's not just going the routine treatment is going above and beyond the chemotherapy cycles if they're getting high levels. Say more about that. So if they're getting high levels of, of chemotherapy, it can help? Of doxyrubicin. Of doxyrubicin. Okay. It can help some of the cardiotoxicity. Okay. All right. So it protects the heart. Correct. There's no more studies that are needed, but there looks like there's some potential protection of the heart. That's wonderful. So there's a myriad of effects that it does. It's like a Swiss army knife. Yes. So because of that, I think it's gotten this reputation as like a miracle cure for cancer, especially. Is that how you think of it? I don't. I do think it's helpful. There's certain situations I use it more so, but if it was a miracle cure, we wouldn't need other things. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there are so many options, there's so many supplements, it's because we haven't found the one thing that cures all. Okay, that makes sense. So it's helpful, but it's not necessarily potent enough, or even though it does so many things, broadly active enough to actually cure cancer on its own. Correct. And a part of that is the absorption. So little of it is absorbed orally. And that's one of the hardest things with curcumin. So when you say it's not absorbed easily, are you talking about bioavailability? Correct. Okay. So can you explain a little bit about what that means and how it works? So with bioavailability, it means that when you take something orally, it goes through your digestive tract and is absorbed with your intestinal system and goes into your bloodstream. And with curcumin, less than 1% of what's taken orally is found in the bloodstream. Wow. So that means that the body is using up all of that curcumin along the way. It doesn't actually get to circulate throughout the whole body. It doesn't go in the bloodstream to circulate. Okay. So that would mean that unless the tumor was sort of in the digestive system and it was being directly applied to it through ingestion you're not going to necessarily see it in the bloodstream. So what do we do about that? Like how do we, can we increase bioavailability? So there is intravenous curcumin that's been done in some studies, more so in in human medicine than it is in uh, available for dogs and cats. Okay. If you give something IV, so intravenously, you bypass a digestive tract. And if you do that, then you absorb a lot of it because obviously it's going right into the bloodstream. It's bypassing the GI system. Okay. And once it's in the bloodstream, it can go anywhere because the blood moves very quickly around the body, right? It's like blood circulates very, very quickly. Yes. And then it can get to where it needs to go or it can go everywhere in the body. But if you are only observing a small amount, it does go circulate in the body, but the concentration of the 
curcumin in the blood orally versus intravenously is vastly different. And a lot of the studies are done on the intravenous, not so much the oral. Okay. So that's important that sometimes when people are quoting studies, those studies might have been done on intravenous curcumin, in which case they were getting a huge concentration, much more than you would get by eating curry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in your meal. Okay. And the intravenous has to be done through a veterinarian. It's not like you can't just mix up the oral and put that in the vein. It is completely different. Good point. Yeah. This is not something we can do at home. This would have to be something that you get your veterinarian to administer. Now, are there veterinarians who are doing IV curcumin? I don't know of any. I think it's mostly the studies. I don't know any, at least in my area, that are doing it. Okay. What area are you in? I am outside Chicago. Okay. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I've never heard of intravenous curcumin in this context, in the context of a veterinary hospital. So that sounds like something that we don't have available to us as dog lovers. What about this golden paste that people make? And what about curcumin supplements? So with golden paste, the idea is that you take the curcumin, you add in to help with the viability, the absorption, the coconut oil, as well as black pepper. The theory is you combine it all, you heat it up, and you will be able to absorb it better. The hard thing is, is that there's no studies to show that that benefits the absorption. Okay. And concentration can sometimes be hard to know of how much you're actually giving your pet. Have you used golden paste with your clients? I typically will use, especially cases that I really want curcumin or turmeric use, I will use a product because I know how much of that product is in either that capsule or tablet or powder. And I know how to dose that to the dose that I want, as well as I know that that product is a really good quality product because your quality, especially for curcumin, is going to really vary. Okay. So when you're making a golden paste at home, you may or may not be making a good golden paste. It might be less suitable or effective than a supplement that has been standardized. Correct. Okay. So we're once again in that, well, we're not sure about this natural substance. Can you talk a little bit about why that so often happens when we talk about supplements? Why we don't, quote, know? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's several different reasons. One is the money to study some of these things are just not there. Mm-hmm. In order for to have the money to do all the research, there has to be a certain profit margin. If that funding isn't there, it's hard to do those studies. So some of those are like retrospective studies or small studies. The other thing is that it's it's hard when you have other compounds in all interacting. It's sometimes hard to know exactly what is going on. You can't remove enough variables to really understand how all of the pieces are working together. You need to eliminate some of those. So as an integrative vet, how do you feel about folks who say, 
supplements don't work because we don't have the studies there, so we don't have proof that they work. Where do you come down on that? How do you make those judgments as a clinician about what will help a dog or not help a dog? We might not have the actual literature studies, although that's changed overseas. There's a lot more studies on certain things, especially alternative medicine than we have in the United States. Mm -hmm. The other part is a lot of these formulas, they've been used for thousands of years. So we have that cumulative knowledge, which might not be an actual pharmaceutical study, but is through experience. And that is a type of evidence. Correct. Right? Evidence uh, medicine. Yeah. I mean, if I say to you that the sky is blue, in my experience and in your experience, the sky has been blue for our entire lifetimes. And we have thousands of years of writing where people describe the sky as blue. So do we have to prove it? Right. <laughs> right? I mean, not everything can be seen like the sky, right? Especially things in medicine, which are happening on a cellular level. So it's not quite a fair comparison. But it seems to me like there are things that if historically things tend to be helped by a certain substance, so you keep using it, that is a form of evidence, even if it's not done in a lab. Correct. Okay. So you're in agreement there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we also, as integrative veterinarians, we share knowledge. Mm. We want to help more pets. We want to share the knowledge that we've had. So we've come a long ways, in, even in the last five, 10 years, in terms of tweaking formulas, having new formulas, other supplements that really shown some promise as well. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a good place to take a break and listen to some of our sponsors. And then we'll be right back with Dr. Jessica Tartoff. And now a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpuff. The green, grassy, beef liver spike smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it, Everpuff traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. It helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I wouldn't have it any other way. I want my Everpup. It just makes me feel good. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the Everpup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. 
At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damien Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year subscription for free. No strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back with Dr. Jessica Tartoff. So in terms of curcumin, what's your dosing strategy for dogs? It can depend a little bit on the patient and what I'm using it for. Okay. 
So generally, it's about 15 to 20 milligrams per pound per day. That is generally split into two doses, like a morning and evening dose. But I would check, you know, if you are getting something on your own, I would check the package instructions. If it's a canine, a dog product, and that should have dosage instructions that are safe in there. Okay. So if I had a one pound dog, which nobody does, and if they do, they should not give curcumin because it's probably a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) But if I had a one pound dog, I might give 20 milligrams a day split into two 10 milligram doses. Correct. Okay. Do you like giving it with food or without food or? I generally have people give it with food Mm -hmm. just to help in case it has any stomach upset. Can it cause stomach upset? It's rare, but it can happen. Anything that you give differently will sometimes cause some stomach upset. Okay. It depends on how sensitive their stomach and their GI system are. Okay. I imagine with the anti-inflammatory effects that it might be useful for calming the tummy. I know that I have friends who would say, like, have a little curry in your milk to calm it down, who are from their Bengali. Is that something that you have seen in your practice? I typically will use other things if they have stomach upset. Uh Historically, it has been used for stomach irritation as well as other issues. But if they do have stomach upset, I generally will use something else. Okay. Because it might be a little too harsh. Yes. It's a warming. It's considered a warming herb, although it technically has warming and cooling properties. So I will be cautious. It's not that I won't use it, but I'll be cautious in a dog that is not not temperature-wise hot, but categorically I consider it like a hot dog. Uh I'll be a little bit cautious. What would a hot dog... (laughs) What's a hot dog? (laughs) That's a whole other show, I think. (laughs) Um, But when you say a dog that's hot, not Mm temperature-wise, what do you mean by that? Um, a dog who they're panting a lot, mm. they might be drinking a lot of water, they're always going in the cool room of the house or tile floor. They generally will love the colder weather, the ice, snow, like ice cubes. Those are typically the signs. Okay. All right. Very good. So they're not running a fever, but they sort of run hot. Correct. Okay. Very good. Are there any other side effects to think about when it comes to curcumin? The biggest thing is, is that if there is an obstruction in the bile duct, that it is what consider a contraindication. It should be only used very cautiously or not used at all because one of the effects of curcumin is to contract the gallbladder. Mm. And so if they have an obstruction, that can be quite dangerous. Mm. The other issue is if they are on any blood thinners that can propagate those effects and cause issues as well. Okay. So if they're on blood thinners, then curcumin can enhance the blood thinning effect. Is that what you mean by that? Correct. Okay. Anything else to think about or watch out for? It's rare, but you can have, it's more so in people, a dermatitis, so uh, skin reaction. When the dog takes it internally? It can be internal as well as topical. Oh, I see. Okay. 
especially if it's a powder, it kind of goes everywhere. Yeah. So if the dog seems to like have kind of an inflamed mouth afterwards or- Or itching. Or itching. Okay. Yeah. As I said, it's very rare, but- It's rare. Yes. Okay. Can you give too much curcumin? I know a lot of people think if a little's good, then more is probably better. And oh my gosh, it's not bioavailable. So I want to give more curcumin so that my dog gets more curcumin. Is that a good strategy? The hard thing is, is they're going to absorb what they are going to absorb and giving more is not necessarily better. Okay. So giving, let's say 10 times as much is not going to mean that they absorb 10 times as much. Oh, okay. There's been actually some studies done where they were given extremely high doses mm-hmm. and they didn't see any side effects in those mice. However, they didn't, as far as I know, test their absorption. What we know with absorption is absorption still an issue. So is it going to necessarily be detrimental? They might get some GI upset from it, but it's, it's not going to necessarily help. Okay. So at best, it's not going to help, and you're just throwing curcumin away, in effect. And at worst, it could give them some GI upset. Correct. Okay. So someone who is listening and thinking, oh my God, I've been giving way more than that, doesn't have to feel guilty. (laughs) They probably haven't (laughs) hurt their dog, but they probably don't need to keep doing that. Correct. Stick with that 15 to 20 milligrams a day split into two doses given with food. Yes. Okay. All right. That's very helpful. Is there anything else that we need to know about curcumin? If you had your best advice for people looking at curcumin. I like to use products when they have more than one thing. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm using something specifically for one condition, but if I can do more than one thing, that is my goal. So if they have, let's say arthritis and they have cancer, Those are usually where my light bulb goes off as, oh, I think this might really help. Do you use it in conjunction with other supplements usually? Do you think of it as an add-on or do you think of it as like the center of your strategy when it comes to cancer? It is an add-on. It is not the center. My approach is I want to use the things because there is, there's over a hundred, you know, sometimes products that you can put a dog on, 100 might be high, but there are a lot of products that are available and you can put your pet on if they have cancer. And part of my job is to narrow that down to the ones that I think are going to give that dog the best advantage for their particular cancer and other issues that they have going on. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that it stains. If you have a light-colored dog, if they have a dog that's mostly white on the face or the paws, it can stain. So I do warn people, it's one that your dog might not be white anymore. Or if they vomit or have diarrhea, it can stain carpeting. It can stain sofas. So that's one of the biggest things to know. That's really, really helpful. And also, does their poop ever turn a little bit yellow when they're on curcumin? It can, especially if you're giving high doses. Okay. So that might be a sign that maybe your dog's getting too much curcumin. They're not processing enough, maybe? Potentially. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Dr. Jessica Tardoff. I so appreciate you being here and your calm, integrative approach to veterinary medicine. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. And thank you, friend, for listening today. It's such a pleasure to talk to Dr. Jessica Tardoff about curcumin, which is a very, very interesting phytochemical from the turmeric plant. I'm really fascinated by the idea that curcumin as a standalone might not be as helpful as it is when used in a blend. Perhaps that's why Chinese formulas have included it for so many years. And perhaps that's why it is in so many supplements that you see on the shelves. Of course, the important thing to remember is that more is not more. So follow those dosing instructions carefully. If you have been giving your dog more curcumin than is recommended, that might not be a hurtful thing or a harmful thing, but you might just be wasting money essentially and overdosing your dog with no added benefit. It's use in arthritis and other conditions that need an anti-inflammatory is really nice, but there are some caveats. And of course, for cancer, it could very easily be part of your supplement strategy that you can go over with your veterinarian for your dog's specific cancer case. To learn more, visit the show notes and follow the links to our website, dogcancer.com, where you'll find more about curcumin and many other supplements. And we'll see you again soon on a future episode of Dog Cancer Answers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Molly Jacobson, and for all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I'm wishing you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcancer.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Do they ever use radiation to treat transitional cell carcinoma in the bladder? Well, Heather's oncologist is recommending it, but her friends haven't ever heard of it. So is it a good recommendation? Right now on Dog Cancer Answers, Dr. Megan Duffy is talking about the use of radiation in TCC and how to speak frankly with your veterinary oncologist. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.